De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to discuss building a customer-first strategy. Joining us is Nathan Steele, who is the head of customer success at Aller, which is a sales intelligence company that provides sales professionals with hard-to-find company data and strategic news alerts. So far this week, Nathan and I talked about a customer-first mentality to optimize revenue growth. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing the fine line of personalization in the privacy age. Okay, here's my conversation with Nathan Steele, the head of customer success at Aller. Nathan, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. All right, well, so we're going to talk about the fine line. I think, are we discussing the difference between creepy and personalized right now, Nathan, is that what we're going to dig into? I think that's perfect. Okay, so how does Aller go about determining that fine line? You know, I think we took it out of a lot of our own personal experiences, right? I think we, we live in a world today where everybody has a phone in their hand and everything that you do for the most part is tracked. You know, we got cookies on websites, we have things on Aller where almost everything on our website can be tracked. Now, where we decide to not be creepy about it is we don't link those things necessarily to individual users. We're just specifically looking for trends. And so I think that the key thing when trying not to be creepy is you don't want to make it hyper-personalized to one individual person. I don't want to reach out to you when you're on my site and say, Doug, welcome to Aller. We know you work in this industry, so you should call these three companies. Your gut reaction when you land on that will be, that's a lot. That's creepy. Why do you know all this about me? Versus right, what we want to do is we want to start recommending companies to you or news articles to you based off what you've done on our site. If you visit a bunch of companies in a specific space, we want to point you towards those companies really organically, not forcibly. We want it to be just this nice kind of discovery where you you kind of think you're discovering yourself, but in reality, we've, we've led you in that direction. So I think that that for us is none of us wanted to create an experience that is overbearing and it's pushing you in a direction, but something that's more organically just kind of stumbled on, if that makes sense. It does. So you, it feels like you guys are leading into first-party data and you're getting out ahead of that early, right? Because that third-party data is rapidly disappearing. Are you using third-party data to engage and craft a better profile and therefore a better message and better timing? No, that's a great question. We actually don't use any third-party data. Everything on Aller is collected by us from our community of users. And everything that we do is really just driven based off what we've learned over 11 years of doing it. And talk to me about how you guys create this rubric of what a particular persona would want to hear or see and the timing for that. You know, again, I think what we found is we found the role that you work in will direct you towards certain things. 
we've noticed that sales users are heavily using our competitive graph. And they're really intelligently about saving those companies that they find into unique groupings and then picking very specific news insights based on those companies like fundings, acquisition, leadership hires, awards, things like that. And what we learned is we can then take our product and go trigger and find very specific new news events that salespeople are more likely going to need, right? So we had funding was an event, then we realized, hey, we really should track acquisitions because acquisitions can be used in a way to drive conversations. And so we started trailing different roles and understanding what they were following. And we built our product around those needs from what we were already seeing happening. You know, and I have to say, I think what's in my head and what's in your head maybe is not in the audience's head right now, which is I've used Aller in the past. I'm a big fan of Aller. But I, I think the advantage that Aller has that people may not understand is you are a first-party data service, right? At the end of the day, the product you guys are serving. So maybe just give us a little bit more on Aller so people understand how you were able to actually pull this off. You talked about salespeople, typically the sales profile, engaging with certain data on the website. You have that cookie, they showed up, and then you can turn that back around and be like, hey, as a sales leader, I know that you're going to like this stuff too. So maybe give us a bit of an overview of what Aller does and how you guys gather that data. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the great thing about Aller is the entire concept of what we're doing is community-based. You know, when, when we were originally founded, the goal was we were looking out and you could see the Dun & Bradstreet's of the world and it's been around. I think Abraham Lincoln worked at Dun & Bradstreet. So like this company's been around for decades. And the goal was how do we go out and find a better way to collect company data? And so what we've done is we basically just joined a community of sales professionals and business professionals together, and we just simply nudge them very appropriately and very organically with questions about their companies, right? If, if you log in and you happen to work at Aller, we're going to ask you a couple of questions about Aller, right? We're going to say, hey, does this revenue look correct? Does this employee size look correct? And what we've done, again, organically over many, many years is start to pull out really valuable data points and link people into those in a really valuable way. So really all we're doing today is trying to build out, I'll call it a sales companion, right? Something that you can just bring along with you on all your sales calls that's gonna deliver that really specific news and really specific data points and insights right where you need it when you need it. And so by linking all of these people together and knowing when they sign up, they tell us, hey, I work in sales or hey, I'm in customer success or hey, I'm in marketing. We can take those data endpoints to ourselves and then uniquely refine what we're asking to those users to drive more valuable data into our platform for everybody. That's really helpful because Aller has to create trust. If Aller doesn't create trust, if you break that trust, and this is where this fine line between personalization and you know creepiness really comes into play. So that trust factor is huge. It also gives you guys an advantage that maybe other organizations don't have because you have that robust first-party data set that's community gathered. So that's really what I wanted to cover with folks to understand. That's why you get have this fairly unique ability to do so. Not every organization has that. So what I'd love to know is how you guys recognize when you've headed into the creepy zone. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, I think you know one of the core the core things that we have always decided as a business to not get into is contact data. And, and I find contact data super creepy. When you're going out and I'm finding your personal cell phone number, your personal email address to drive a prospecting engagement, I'm then engaging with someone who doesn't want to be engaged with that way. 
And so we made it really clear that everything we focus on is going to be fully focused on company data, public and private, but the company data will never be focused on an individual. Like the only individual we list on a company profile is the CEO, which is pretty publicly known for most companies. So at the end of the day, we're trying to stay away from divulging into private information and stay away from anybody's private information. Even the information we collect on our site about the individual user is never resold. It's never even displayed. You cannot find it. It's everything is stored with us internally to just make the site better for our users. But we're never, ever, ever open to sharing that, that personal private information with, with anybody. Because it breaks the business model, right? Ultimately, if you guys break trust, the business model goes away. So it's interesting. You guys have many advantages, but at the same time, the whole value prop, the whole business Am I scaring you yet, by the way? Your whole no, business really all. rests on this idea of making sure this, this line is never crossed. Absolutely. So when you guys are, are thinking about updating those experiences, what do you have to understand when that personalization is being met versus when you're overextending it? So I think the thing that we're focusing on in terms of personalization is on a company side of things. So I guess kind of the analogy I could use is I had a really good friend who works for a local utility company and they're hiring a company to fly over all of our houses and look at all of our attics to tell us how much heat we're losing. And, and there's two ways you can go about that. When he told me that my, my gut reaction was absolutely not. Like you're not going to send me a letter in the mail and tell me my house is inefficient and I need to buy insulation. Or the alternative to that is they now know which areas of town and which areas of our city are losing the most energy and can put together a campaign to reach out, not to sell, but to inform. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do at Aller is we're looking at all these data points that we have and we're not going about it of like, hey, this company uh, just got into some business trouble. You should reach out to them right now and, and sell to them. We're trying to inform people. So we're trying to find specific data points that are unique or specific news insights that maybe people aren't thinking to look for, and then just make them readily available for the rep to take advantage of it for their needs and their use case. And we've described this, and I, I've, I've hammered it. I know this idea that really breaking this trust is something that would put the business in jeopardy. But at the end of the day, it's also your business model, right? So the better and better and better you can personalize based on that profile and their experience with your website, the more likely they're going to go from being a prospect to being a customer. Absolutely. And so that, that's the question I really have ultimately for how Aller approaches these things. And yes, we talked about this a bit yesterday. We talked about how prospects are prospects up to the point they begin paying, but you guys still think of them as customers. How do you guys really use that pull-through model to help drive that prospect into the customer experience based on that appropriate level of personalization? The way that we look at personalization, I think that's, that's kind of the, the, the break in thought here is we personalize it around your needs. So we're asking for you to tell us what you need to make it personal for you. I'm not expecting it and I'm not being creepy about assuming. So what I do is we say, hey, we have over 20 different key news insights. And for a free user, we only have five. So you know as a free user, hey, I can, I can go get more information and make the insights and news that I'm getting more personalized to my needs as a sales rep because I can go target very specific data points that are happening in the world around me, right? I can go find specific awards that are being won in a specific industry if I upgrade to Aller Max, the, the higher version that we have. And so when we view personalization, we're trying to make our product more user-friendly for our premium paid users by giving them more options to personalize their experience with our products. 
we spoke yesterday about the fact that you guys don't use third-party data. Ever tempted? <laughs> it definitely comes up. Uh, it definitely comes up. And, and at the end of the day, right, that comes up around things like contact data, where we ourselves don't want to go mine our users. We don't want to ask them for personal phone numbers or personal emails. And it makes more sense for us to find that through a third party. Because again, we don't want to break that line of trust. We don't want to go to our users and ask them to divulge private information. That's not something we're looking to do. So it definitely does come up. Um, however, we also really love being able to work with our community and mine data through them. And you know, anytime you buy a third-party data, you're also having to work through all the things that come with that. So there's problems and there's issues and uh, support situations that come out of it that it's really nice to be able to control your data set rather than have to rely on others for it. Well, I have to say, if you haven't checked out Aller, folks, go check them out. Fantastic free service, the free version. Not trying to sell the free version for you here, Nathan, but I have to <laughs> say it's a great starting point. A lot of people depend on the, on the free version. And I have to say the community-based approach to that data does ensure that the data is cleaner and uh, more relevant for folks. So, Nathan, I really appreciate you joining us again today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Nathan Steele, Head of Customer Success at Aller, for joining us. If you would like to contact Nathan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can find him at his company website, which is Aller.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't get a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on the show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is MarketAdvocate if you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.